SB Nation and Underdog Dynasty present the Underdog Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Underdog Podcast, USA edition on UnderdogDynasty.com, SB Nation's home for G5 football. Joe Lundergan and Eric Henry here with you once again. You know, Eric, you're something of an FIU football expert yourself, but today, continuing the offseason series with uh, someone who also falls into that category. How do you feel about that? Listen, I am not, uh, listen, there are plenty of FIU faithful who will call me the opposite of an expert. Matter of fact, they would complain that I am not giving them enough information, but the man we have on the line is absolutely an FIU insider, and uh, he is uh, the pride of Pensacola Catholic. Uh, Got to make sure get sneak the uh, Catholic school shout out in there as a fellow Catholic well school. Well done. So, there we go. There we go. So uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll let you introduce our, our guest on the line. All right. He is Mr. A.J. Ricketts, voice of the FIU Panthers. Uh, You can also see him on ACC Network Extra. And uh, he's the host of FIU Panther Talk on Bally Sports Florida. A.J., coming to us live from the Lynx in Pensacola. Uh, What are you shooting today, bud? I was joking with Eric before you came on. My my score today is rapidly approaching Devontae Price's average yards per game last year. And to, to let you in on that, was, that was 116 yards per game. So if you do the math, that's not great for me. But you know what? you got to put in the work to get better. So I'm out here. <laughs> Practice makes perfect if there's one thing I know, except, except for my golf game. I don't know why that is. The less I play, the better I play, I find. <laughs> yeah, it's weird how that happens, guys. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, So, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of uh, spring storylines we want to jump into. So, you know, Eric, as the guy who's been watching the most FIU practices in football over the last few years uh, of anybody on the underdog staff, I would love if you want to get us uh, started with some questions for our guests here. Yeah, sure thing. And and I apologize ahead of time. You know, we will we will get to football in a second. But Joe, if there is anyone I would never cheat on you, you know, my my podcast uh, wife and or husband, so to speak, you know, I, but, um, <laughs> as Joe's <laughs> dying of laughter. However, um, the only other person that I, I do these things with, uh, would be that the times that AJ is gracious enough to let me do, uh, um, pregame FIU on a radio car, Cole 1260. Figure I'd sneak that in there as a cheap plug for Mr. Ricketts. Um, going to get to football, but I, I, I got to have a little fun with AJ. So I want to start with this in the, I believe four seasons you've been with FIU. I, I have that correct. It's 2017, right? yeah 2017 was year one yep so since 2017 favorite cusa city and why outside of miami of course i like that that's a great way to start things off here eric uh favorite yeah there's you know some cities i've just friends from undergrad or or my first my first uh you know when i go to charlotte i see a lot of friends from WECT Wilmington, North Carolina, who live there now. And it's always a a good time in Charlotte. But, uh, you know, other spots are a lot of fun, too, that you might not expect. Always love going up to Marshall. Uh, I think Charleston, West Virginia, where we usually stay, I think it's a fun time. And that might be a hot take, but, you know, downtown (laughs) Charleston, West Virginia makes for a, a, a fun time on the river they were recently featured in hbo's our towns uh as a as a city that's coming back uh the so cusa has some has some personality and some and some character to it 
I'd say Charlotte's my favorite road trip. Rice, because of, yeah, Houston's a lot of fun. But uh, I would say don't discount the places like uh, Huntington or, or Murfreesboro or, or, or the smaller towns, too. They've got some, some charm, if you will. I will attest to Murfreesboro. Have not made the trip to Huntington or uh, Charleston just yet. So I think this year will provide that opportunity. Going to transition to a second question here in, ta- in terms of being on the road in cities, AJ. Uh, Joe is a huge food connoisseur. I consider myself uh, a foodie, and uh, you or someone that I know enjoys a, a good bite to eat. One thing that's happened to yeah. me uh, is the struggle of trying to find a decent bite on the road. Now, of course, that can depend on city to city. You know, Charlotte don't have those issues, but uh, I- I'll give you a quick one, AJ, in Lynchburg. I-, I make this bad habit of in the smaller cities trying to get the exotic uh, cuisine, and in Lynchburg, I ordered Thai food. Let's just say that was not a, a great experience. Uh, the next morning, okay, trying to catch the flight. Yeah, exactly. I should have just went with, you know, pizza. Uh, so with that being said, I promise there's a question in there. AJ, um, besides Waffle House, and trust me, I could not have you on this podcast and not have a Waffle House question for you. Right. Favorite meal that you've had on the city and on, on the road in, in a CUSA city? Mm. Putting the pressure on, you know, uh, might this might sound like uh this might sound ridiculous but me and the athletic department staff uh, the media relations staff we were really thrilled to get sonic at the western kentucky football concourse i mean that that gave us life and they had everything at this time it was the best sonic ever but that's probably not the, the best answer to your question there that doesn't really count um let's think middle I'm, I'm trying to think of the USA cities right now, Charlotte, Western Kentucky, Houston, where we've gone to dinner before them. Ooh. All right. There's Eric. I can't think of the name. I know where we've gone, but I, there's a lot of places. They're like local spots and I can't remember the name. I, I know. I completely put you on the spot there. You know, if, if it's just the yeah, meal I'm itself, gonna... that'll suffice. Because so many times, Eric, I just, I just, I drag everyone to Waffle House. That's literally what we do. <laughs> <laughs> because we're not in Miami and a lot of these CUSA towns, it's our chance to go to Waho. And, uh, you know, everyone's on board after I bully them into going there. So uh, I'll, I'll try to think of an actual fun, good local spot during the course of, of this, uh, this podcast conversation. But, yeah. I mean, I'm thinking West, Western, we went there. We, we did go somewhere in the square for dinner. But I can't. I couldn't tell you where. Um, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna let that simmer. But you, you yeah. hit me with curveball, and I, I, I have not been able to hit it right now. I, I did, and I apologize. I did not brief you on the on those questions ahead of time. Now you have me <laughs> thinking two things from that that answer, AJ. One, where the hell was the Sonic on the concourse? Because I certainly missed it at uh, at Hodgson Smith Stadium. Um, so I'm now I'm wondering where that was. And and B. Uh, Murfreesboro, now granted, it depends if you want to consider Nashville, you know, part of that whole region, but Nashville hot chicken, um, that's always something I look forward to whenever we get that, that Nashville trip. Um, but yeah, I, I did promise that eventually we will bring it around to football. So I'm going to start here. Obviously, (laughs) (laughs) 0-5 last year, not the season that Butch Davis or the Panthers were, you know, uh, anticipating and, you know, uh, really a, a result that any of them could have really expected uh, before the year or throughout the course of the year. What were some of the biggest things that in, in your mind from being around the team that you saw were really the, the biggest kind of, you know, 
factors to that that zero and five season. Eric, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about, man. I've I've forgotten about that season. I've I've purged it from my memory, and there's there's a lot of things that I have not been able to purge from my memory. You know, the Rams losing to the Patriots in the Super Bowl, uh, the Mariners winning 116 games, and then losing to the Yankees. Uh, yeah, get, getting broken up with in eighth grade. I, I've been able to purge all those things, but I, I, I haven't been able to purge those, but I've, I've purged 2020. But if we, if I, I remember and I think about it, probably quarterback play, right? Um, their defensive line, quarterback play, kind of the typical things from the 2019 campaign. More the, the defensive line, maybe the stat storyline carried over. Obviously, James Morgan was great for us in 2019. Um, but that's, that's part of the exciting factor when you, when you look towards the, the 2021 season, you know, who will step up at, at quarterback, whether it's somebody, one of the guys returning or if it's Grayson uh, James coming in from Texas. So, you know, we're really excited about that. But, but certainly I think you saw, even in the first game at Liberty, right, the, uh, the quarterback rotation, we, had, we played three guys, didn't really have anyone established, and, and still nearly took down Liberty, who ended up being a, a top 25 team for – for most of the season. And then from there, injuries obviously kind of pummeled any any other hopes and expectations that, that we could have had the rest of the way, you know, not knowing if we're going to play week in, week out, only getting five games in. So, you know, it was, it was tough. Everything kind of snowballed after what we showed we could do in the, in the Liberty game. So I think everybody's ready to be healthy, to know that they've got 12 games on the schedule and hopefully 13 games and, uh, and, and move forward from there. But, that, that's if I re- brought back those five games. I've, I've mostly purged everything from my memory from this year. AJ, let me ask you this. You mentioned the Liberty game. Obviously, that was a, a tough loss for the Panthers. 36-34 came down to really a, a two-point conversion play that Stone Norton had. Uh, emerging freshman tight end, Rivaldo Fairweather, back in the end zone, just couldn't haul it in there. I want to ask you this. Was there any solace that, that you could take, you know, or that maybe you know, guys around the team could take considering – the season that Liberty went to to go on and have, considering the fact that when you look at the, the record of Liberty throughout the season, that was their closest loss. Or excuse me, their, their most narrow win. I, I, should, I, should, I said that backwards thinking about the Panthers. Let's try this again. That was Liberty's most narrow win. Um, so any solace that can be taken in, in that? Yeah, you know, I, I think the first couple of weeks, Eric, of the season – there, there was that comparison. There was that storyline, uh, that narrative in the back of our heads. Like, hey, we played Liberty close. This is what we can be. Uh, and then once the season ended, you know, that was that's something that you look back on and, you know, what could have been as well. But um, at, the, at the same time, it's, you know, with all the all that the team went through, and I, I think there was just a, a sense of being glad to get the season over with once, once 0-5 happened and uh, – moving forward and the staff changes. I think there's just a sense, you know, of indifference maybe towards what we did in that game because we're such a different team now, uh, if that makes sense. So um, it, it can be looked at as encouraging uh, what we can do if we establish a quarterback and get our offense going and, and put all the pieces together. Um, at the same time, I, w- I would think the group has really moved forward and from even having that comparison, if that makes sense. Sure, absolutely. Got two more questions here, then I'll pass it off to Joe so he can jump into his line of questioning. And looking forward to 2021, just who are some of the guys that you can think of off the top of your head that you're really excited to see how they may be, may be able, excuse me, to progress with a full offseason? Obviously, we know FIU among many FBS teams that 
their offseason was really truncated and just, you know, start and start and stop because of the situation with COVID. Um, guys who will, you know, finally have a full offseason under their belt and just guys you may look forward to seeing 2022 and say, uh, or 2021, I, I should say, uh, and kind of curious as to how they'll progress with a full offseason under their belt. Well, I think well, there's, a, there's a couple of guys that come to mind, Eric. Uh, Rivaldo Fairweather, certainly, right? How, how fun of a season did he have as a freshman uh, and, and what he can do with the offseason? I know he got nicked up a little bit in spring camp, but we're, we're really excited about how he can complement Sterling Palmer at, at that tight end position. Um, you know, excited to see Shamar Thornton come back. You know, like at, at this point, uh, Bryce Singleton and Shamar, They'll both be healthy and playing at the same time, and that, that that's that's a real exciting prospect uh, to have those two guys healthy. And then you add someone like Tyrese Chambers, who not a lot of people are familiar with, but he was an FCS All-American last year, and that's a pretty fun receiving core right now, right there. So, you know, one guy coming back from injury, uh, another showing great potential as a freshman, and then a, an FCS All-American, and I'm excited to see how all those guys complement each other in, in the new offense from uh, our new offensive coordinator, Andrew Brimer. Last one before I pass over to Joe, and I'm sure he'll ask about this guy as well, so I'll just kind of start the question. I'm sure he'll he'll pick it up on the back end here. With all due respect to Sincere McCormick, UTC, UTSA stud running back, and he deserves his credit as you know being the best overall back in Conference USA, Devontae Price if he had a full 12 or and or 13 game season, would it be fair to say that he would be the league's number two back? I think it's hard to argue against it, right? Uh, <laughs> the season he had four rushing touchdowns, a receiving TD as well, uh, on pace to surpass a thousand yards. Um, you know, he, I think he had as impressive a season as, as anybody in the small sample size. Uh, I think there's almost an argument he could have made an all-conference team with, with the five games he played. Uh, I'm thrilled to, to see what he can do with with the full season upcoming now. And and we'll we'll have a feature on it on Panther Talk this summer. But, uh, you know, there's an article written about him, basically how he was, he was close to being done at FIU. He wanted to go home, play in JUCO, and then, uh, you know, go off into the real world. And his mom said, no, you're, you're going to keep – playing at FIU you're gonna get get your degree and you're gonna you're gonna persevere through this point in time and uh you know, mom, mom usually knows best right <laughs> I think it's I think it's worked out for him he was a little upset I think when he was buried there well, not buried he's always been efficient for us but uh you know he had some talented guys in front of him Napoleon Maxwell Anthony Jones but he's he's waited his time and he, he's always been a contributor for us but now now he's the man for us and, and that's pretty that's pretty cool to see yeah, Joe had to go ahead and have a little fun with AJ at the beginning. Of course, you know the uh, the time we spent around each other at FIU. Uh, a lot of stories I could tell. You know, definitely some uh, some fun memories over the past three seasons I've been able to cover the team with these guys. But you know, definitely a lot of intriguing players coming up. In, you know, next season. So I'll let you take it away with your line of questioning, sir. <laughs> yeah, you know, one of these days we'll we'll be able to finally get everybody together in one spot and. <laughs> you know, actually make more memories of actually being in person and I'm sure alcohol will be involved. It'll be great. <laughs> it always sounds good to me. For sure. Um, so AJ, um, you mentioned that, you know, there's going to be some changes coming to uh, FIU's offense with the new coordinator hire uh, in 2021. Um, in a recent uh, Miami Herald article, Coach Davis said that the changes to the offense are going to be targeted and not 
widespread. Can you provide any additional insight into what that means? Yeah, well, I think, you know, a lot of times a new coordinator comes in and and maybe the fan base at, at the very least is expecting wholesale schematic changes. And maybe sometimes that's needed. And maybe, you know, in this case, the bigger schematic change will happen over the course of time. But in the very least, you know, as, as you referenced, he said, look, if anyone said I'm going to come in and change everything we do here, Butch would have immediately discounted them or, or said I don't need to hire this guy because he felt it's very important uh, to look at the talent you have, what they do well, and, and try to adapt to that. Um, obviously, he's not hiring a, a new coordinator to come in and do the same thing. Uh, so you'll, you'll see some tweaks um, and how guys are used, of course, and playing to their strengths. And, and I think it's, it was hard to really gauge that even from, from what we saw in, in spring practice or the spring game, right? He, uh, Coach uh, Brimer came in and, and didn't have a lot of time before the spring game. So I think a lot's going to be incorporated even more um, over the course of the summer, and, and, and that'll be fun to see. But uh, so I, I don't know if you'll see you know, drastic changes right away because, you know, Butch wants Andrew to come in. And, and uh, one, there's that balance, right, of adapting to the personnel you have, but also making the changes you need to, to be a little bit more competitive offensively. So that's, that's going to be fun to watch how, how Andrew does that. Eric mentioned Devontae Price and the huge role that he's inevitably going to have in FIU's, you know, uh, bounce back if they get to that point. Uh, but And you mentioned that the quarterback group is going to have to make some changes. They've been one of the more unstable position groups for the Panthers in the last couple of seasons. What needs to happen at that position for the Panthers to reach their full potential in 2021? I think just getting it to the playmakers, right? It, it doesn't have to be, you know, these guys don't need to be hitting – uh, our our skilled position guys, 40, 50 yards down the field, every single play, even 15 to 20, just, just hit the bubble screen passes, hit the crossing routes, you know, find some consistency there, and then start to find the more explosive plays like we, we saw with James Morgan and, and Alex Magoo and, and from 2017 through through 2019. So many great skilled position guys. If we can get them the ball, you know, last year we had J.J. Holloman, but, you know, there were a lot of times you could look at his stat line and his targets and, and there were games that weren't he didn't get targeted too often or, or get the football. So uh, it'll, it'll be exciting to see what these guys can do. I know Grayson James uh, from Texas is getting in here soon. Trent Dilfer was really excited about him with, with how he performed in a camp. Um, and, and then you've got your returners, Max Bordenschlager, Aiden Carlson, uh, and, and Caitlin Wiggins. So uh, hopefully one of those guys can step up. And after having the spring practices as well that we didn't have last year, you know, Butch has obviously referenced that a, a number of times, but uh, I do think uh, all those practices can only can only help the group. You mentioned that, you know, the, the transfers coming in from some of these big programs like Texas. And uh, we, we talk about FIU and FAU you in kind of the same breath in terms of a geography and b just being able to attract these high level transfers um when it comes to that is it just as simple as uh, guys want to come and play in miami or is it something a little bit deeper than that with fiu um you know it's it's a little bit of both i, I think by active option and and uh, the recruiting department certainly plays to that and they should i mean both fiu and um certainly would be wise to fau as well the whole south florida uh, dynamic, um, but I I also think there's a lot to be said about playing for for Butch Davis, about playing for Everett Withers, who you know was was the interim at Carolina. Obviously, had the sixth ring defense when he was at Carolina, has been in the NFL for years. Uh, these defensive guys love playing for him. Uh, I think what was 
what was the quote Richard uh, Richard Dames said the other <laughs> the other week talking about withers? He said he's 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 mean, but a, 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 a nice kind of way. <laughs> Something like yeah. that. I think they enjoy playing for him. So there's you know plenty of guys. Brent Renner, great dude. Uh, who, who wouldn't want uh, the quarterback to come play for the former UNC quarterback? Um, so I, I think between the staff and Obviously, what playing in South Florida offers, you got a lot of kids that want, want to be able to have their family come and watch them. Uh, and that'll always be a dynamic that, that we try to, to play to when, when we're recruiting kids. That's uh, that's great to hear. I know that uh, that kind of family atmosphere obviously resonates a lot with with a lot of these recruits. Um, given everything that you've kind of talked about in the development of the offense, the defense, players coming back from uh, some disappointment in, in 2020, what, in your opinion, is a realistic expectation for this football program in the 2021 season? All right, so I'm the FIU play-by-play guy, so I'm going to say we run the table. We go 12-0. and 0, We're winning every game. I'm picking FIU every sure. time. Um, but if, if you want a more nuanced perspective, uh, look, I think it's nice if you look at the first two games of the season and, and not to disrespect any opponent, right? Uh, but having Long Island and Texas State in there to start things off rather than, I mean, you look at 2020, obviously, Liberty on the road, not easy. 2019, Tulane on the road, that's, that's difficult. 2018, Indiana. Power five opponents, 2017 UCF, that started their crazy winning streak. Like, it'll be nice to have on paper what is a more manageable opponent to get the guys' confidence up, to feel victory again, um, and, and hopefully be 2-0 and going into that, that Texas Tech game. Um, and even if that doesn't go our way, still feeling good about ourselves, setting up to, to Mount Pleasant for a, uh, the Chippewas. So uh, uh, hopefully getting those two wins under our belt can, can help you know be the – um, the precursor to a to a pretty successful season. You know, look, these seniors they're they're used to success. It's not, they're not the senior class when Butch got here. I was desperate to get to their first bowl game, uh, but they, that's the standard for them. And uh, talking to them, they're they're pretty motivated to to get back. Hopefully, by the time we get to these contests, we'll uh, we'll get to see a, you know kind of the full blast of the you know atmosphere of you know. FIU sports and just sports in general coming back. We're already kind of starting to see it come in bits and pieces with the COVID restrictions being lifted. Uh, AJ, what are you looking forward to the most about the pre 2020 sports atmosphere finally starting to make a comeback? And I, uh, we, I found a video on YouTube and, we're, and so we put it on the, the Fox show of, of the, of the program opener against St. Peter's. And how just electric that atmosphere was sold out. Um, I mean, the place to be in Miami. And, you know, fast forward 10 years later, 2011, the homecoming game against Duke, I think footage of that is also on YouTube. And there, there's nowhere to, to sit. The, everyone, everybody's on their face. It's a crazy college football environment. Um, and so I'm, I, yeah, I hope everyone's still kind of pent up. To, to feel that pre-COVID environment come uh, that game against Long Island. I hope it's uh, the craziest game the the Long Island players ever see in their life, man, right? <laughs> I, hope, I, hope, I hope we uh, we pack Ricardo Silva and, and uh, you know, have a fun two games to start the season off. Um, there's there's something special about it. No matter who you're playing, if you get a, a good environment, a good energy there, uh, there there's nothing like it. So uh, I'm hoping everybody – and you go back to 2019, I always tell everyone, I wish we had had a home game after we beat Miami, right? And instead we blew up the, blew up the Huntington. But 
there's support and there's passion for this program from all over. We just got to put that all together, and, and I think hopefully we can. AJ, I wish you could have seen it when you mentioned the fact that uh, you wish there was a home game after that Miami win in 2019. Eric and I just like nodded our heads on the exact same beat. It was funny, <laughs> but uh, that just shows you how you know excited people were for that program after that win, and uh, you know we're looking to see where they can go in 2021. Uh, last question for you before we start to wrap up, and it's uh, yeah. really about your own success more than anything. Uh, How does it feel to have Panther talk? be on uh, you know a fox sports rsn now having seen it grow from you know a podcast to you know eventually more than that i appreciate that it's uh it's definitely very rewarding and, and gratifying there's a lot of people behind the scenes that you know helped make it happen from kerwin lonzo who was the media relations director back in the in 2017-18 tyson rogers now um but, but yeah it, it started as a pod i remember uh with just recording with Butch, just with my cell phone, when uh, our podcast mic didn't even work for the one of the first episodes. So I'm just sitting in his office with my iPhone using a, a voice recorder app and <laughs> trying to make that sound good. And uh, we got on Facebook Live, which was a lot of fun as well. And doing live television, and what, even if it's on Facebook, was, was cool for us. And that, that Panther Talk show that was after the Miami win, man, doing that live, it felt like college game day, you know, the, <laughs> having the hundreds of people in the – the GC. So that was, there was a lot of cool things about that too, but I think it's, I think it's something FIU deserves as a program. The, uh, you know, FAU inside the Owlsboro, Frank Fort's done a great job in hosting and, and, and producing that show. I know, I know obviously Miami has had theirs, Bethune Cookman. I, I think it puts us on a, uh, a playing field with them, maybe a little bit overdue, if you, if, but at, at the same time, there's still a, a gratification that comes with, with, you know, elevating what we're doing here. Um, you know, we, we don't just want to push forward what, you know, FIU football and basketball do. We, we want to do it on our side, too, and, and, and showing, showcasing the, the athletes and coaches. So, um, yeah, Valley Sports Florida, Thursdays, 5 p.m. Eastern. I think Saturday mornings, too. Got, give, give the plug there. So, I, <laughs> I, I appreciate that. It's, it's definitely cool for us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and congrats again on all that success. And, and Eric, I don't know about you, but I – the, the most – However much I want to knock people recording into the iPhone, it's still extremely relevant. And I just – the more I see it like after events and all that, just people – guys sitting in their cars like talking into the phone after. Like that's still how a lot of stuff gets recorded and produced these days. Listen, Joe, there is no one who is going to knock recording and having to tape things to the iPhone – uh, due to the way that, you know, press conferences around the country were were coordinated because of the COVID situation. There's a lot of times where, you know, I get Butch Davis on one phone and I'd, I'd grab, you know, another I'm like, hey, let me get the recorder real quick so you can, you know, get these notes because, you know, you're not able to. Oh, yeah. I, I don't I don't want to knock the use it has for a lot of folks. Don't get don't get me wrong. <laughs> I, 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 we just it was, it was more the, the, the look of, you know, I had two podcast mics set up in my Mac. <laughs> and then I was like, uh, "Butch, look, don't don't even re- look at these. We're just going to use the phone." Just how that dynamic felt to me. <laughs> but, no, the phone is still very very relevant for for so many of our jobs. Don't get me wrong, though. <laughs> hey, AJ Ricketts is still available for an Apple sponsorship. That's essentially what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Exactly. Oh, man. AJ, we really can't thank you enough for your time. Uh, For those listening, if you want to follow AJ on Twitter, it's just at AJ Ricketts. And then like he mentioned, you can catch him on Bally Sports Florida on FIU Panther Talk. And then uh, you can catch Eric and 
AJ talking to each other on 1260 as well uh, in the South Florida vicinity. Um, but AJ, again, can't thank you enough for your time. Uh, if you want to follow Eric and myself on Twitter, it's at J-O-E-H-I-O underscore and at Eric C. Henry underscore. And then, of course, at Underdog Dynasty uh, for all the G5 football content we're trying to get out in preparation for a hopefully COVID-free 2021 season. Um, happy football watching, everybody. We'll talk to you real soon. Thank you.